I need to tell you what I did at work today. What did you do at work today, Josh? I made someone laugh so hard they shit their pants. No. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was, we got a couple in, so let's preface this. I work with auto parts. I know I've probably said it on the show a billion times, but it, it's important for the story because it would make sense why I was lifting four pallets of car batteries. So we were checking in batteries and putting them away, and I was working with a coworker who obviously will remain unnamed, and uh, he lifted up a D4. Now, you don't know what a D4 is. A D4 is probably two, maybe a little longer feet long, uh, and weighs roughly 120 pounds. Not a light battery. It's designed for team lift. Yeah. Now, he decided he was going to be strong and lifted it by himself. I was real proud of him. But he put the battery down and looked at me real surprised. I went, you all right? He goes, I thought something was going to slip out, but I got it. I was like, and then I responded to that with, it's because of all your male kegels. They keep that sphincter strong. And he started laughing real hard, stopped and said, I have to go home. <laughs> oh my god. And then left. That's great. <laughs> now, for me, I shot myself in the foot on that one. Because now I have to do these batteries by myself. Yeah. But that's the story about how I made someone laugh so hard they shit their pants. I mean, that's what for the record books. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That literally, was... Literally... That was it was pretty great. Yeah, I, in in my years, that's of, like a like an achievement. Achievement. I unlocked. said I was like, look, I feel bad for the guy because like I mean we've all gambled with a fart and lost. Like it happens, uh, and like he, I just I feel for the guy. Like we're gonna make fun of him about this the rest of the time he's here. That's just how this works. Like we work in a, a workplace like that. We're gonna bust his balls about it. But. While I do feel bad, a little bit proud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. A um, little bit proud I made someone laugh so hard they shit their pants. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a feat. Yeah. Holy I, shit. Yeah. And, like, my joke wasn't even that funny. Yeah. I just said male keggles. <laughs> Which, like, it's that funny. Right. Your response was appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he lost his shit both figuratively and literally. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, my day's been great. Yeah, that sounds... Other than having to now work on these batteries by myself the rest of the time as I periodically laugh out loud because that just happened. But I think in the end it was worth it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, we're Navi Tales. Yeah, we are a... Video Game Lore Podcast. I'm Josh. I am Nick. And today, we are going to remember that war, war never changes. War never changes. We are going to be tackling the Fallout broad history uh, before we dive into specific factions eventually. Uh, we thought it was important to kind of set the basis for the Fallout universe and its extended issues. Um, this is a bit political. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> Weirdly. But, uh, it's alright. Um, 
Nick, you're never you haven't been like the biggest fan of the Fallout franchise. Yeah. Like I don't you know. don't hate them, but you don't like them. I don't know. I don't know if I just played them at the wrong time. I don't know. It just like it didn't it didn't grab me. I don't know. So I played Fallout 3 when it came out for Xbox 360 and loved it. And then I played Fallout New Vegas when it came out for Xbox 360 and loved it more. Because I think New Vegas is the best Fallout game. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Um, and I think that Fallout 4, while visually appealing, failed in comparison to what New Vegas was. The factioning system in New Vegas was the best I've ever seen in a video game. Uh, and it was awesome. So we're not going to talk about that, though. <laughs> we're um, going to talk about none of it. Uh, we're not going to talk about any of that shit. Uh, we are going to be talking about what took place before the Great War. Um, which, uh, before we talk about the Great War that caused, a, well, Fallout, we need to understand the world and politics of the time. Up until World War II, the world of Fallout was very similar to ours, but afterwards it diverged. In 1945, significant political and technological differences in the Fallout timeline set it on a different course. In 1947, the transistor was not discovered, and the miniaturization of electronics was neglected. Which is why it all takes place in the future, but it doesn't look anything like the future. Yeah. Um... Sometime before 1969, in an attempt to mitigate the influence of communism, the United States adopts a system of 13 commonwealths, which is why everything's called commonwealths in Fallout. Uh, In 1970, China fails to adopt any free market reforms and ends up retaining a political and economic structure similar to what it had been under Communist Party Chairman Mao Zedong beginning in 1949. In 1991, the USSR did not collapse. So communism is still a major threat to the world. Yes, very much so. And I'm not <sighs> talking communism as a political ideology. I'm talking communism in the 1960s sense, uh, where, like, war. <laughs> war. <laughs> so war over ideology. Um, right. uh, if you're into communism, that's your own. You didn't start a war over it, though. So... Cold or not, so if that's what you feel, do do you? But like, we're talking cold. We're we're talking Cold War communism. We're talking violent communism. Yeah. No major international conflicts conflicts would take place until the middle of the 21st century. In 2052, the oil-rich Middle East nations raised oil prices, causing the economic collapse of many smaller countries. The European Commonwealth, analogous with to the real-world European Union, um, similarly dependent on oil imports from the Middle East, begins the resource wars by responding with military force. The United Nations, weakened by its inability to prevent the conflict, attempts to intervene. Many of its, na- uh, many of its member nations respond by withdrawing, and the UN disbands that year. Um, a lot of this is about oil. Yeah. Is it a bit concerning to you to be living in a world that's very oil-dependent? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to nuke each other. I mean... But, I mean... I'm just saying. Yeah. It's kind of... It's a, it's a food for th- thought. Yeah, it makes you think. Yeah. 
So the United States, supplied with oil from Texas and Mexico, escaped any direct impact from the resource wars. However, the U.S. would soon have significant problems of its own. By the way, this is just, like, apparently a common theme in the history of uh, Fallout, where, like, the U.S. can just get by without doing fuck all. Because mm. it's kind of what we did in World War II till Pearl Harbor happened. Yes. Yeah, we just benefited for a while. Ben Affleck. Until Ben Affleck showed up in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, in 19, in, not 19, in 2052, the Texas oil fields run dry, making the country severely vulnerable to energy shortage, shortages. In 2053, the new plague begins to ravage the U.S. population, causing an estimated 200,000 deaths and prompting the government to close the country's international borders. Nuclear fears grip the country when... In the same year, Tel Aviv is destroyed by a terrorist nuclear weapon, and in the following year, warring nations exchange nuclear weapon strikes in the Middle East. In response, the Americans begin Project Safe House, a series of underground vaults designed to survive nuclear war on an epidemic level. Or an epidemic. Yes. Build a shit ton vaults. And actually build a shit ton, but... And build a couple. We... Are going to do an episode on vaults. Yeah, no, I think we vaults should. have a very unique and specific lore within Fallout because a bunch of scientists were put in charge of it and they went, huh, <laughs> we could do some shit. What if we had a vault with just a cloning machine in it or a uh, vault 69, which was yeah. um, one man. And the rest populated by women. Mm-hmm. They had a vault. Uh, the vault in Vegas had a lot of gambling machines in it. Uh, Makes sense. And they eventually had their entire currency and everything within the society of the vault all around gambling. I mean, you had the one in uh, Necropolis where the vault's door was intentionally made not to close properly. So that they could see the effects on of radiation on people. Hence ghouls in Necropolis. Ghouls. Um, like there's a the vaults just turned into giant science experiments yeah, on a they were just terrifying like, level. Yeah, giant social and scientific experiments. Yeah, and it was terrifying. Most vaults did not function properly. So God damn it, science. Like, they have an entire vault that was dedicated to the FEV, and if you know anything about Fallout, the FEV, or forced evolutionary virus, is fucking terrifying, and what makes super mutants? Nobody wants to fuck with those. Yeah, big green Hulk things. Hulk smash. So... In 2059, oil resources grow uh, increasingly scarce. To secure the Alaskan oil fields, the United States ramps up its military uh, presence in that state, creating the Anchorage front line. Relations with Canada grow increasingly uh, strained as the Americans press to have their military units stationed on Canada, Canadian soil to protect the Alaskan pipeline. In 2060, the Middle East oil fields run dry. This not only ends the resource wars in Europe, but the European Commonwealth as well. Without a common enemy, the European nations begin fighting among each other for the remaining resources. Fossil fuels become too expensive to use in automobiles, and alternatives begin to appear in the market. 
Advances in nuclear technology paved the way for nuclear fusion to replace traditional fossil fuel-based combustion engines in automobiles and other vehicles. So I have a thought. It has nothing to do with Fallout. It has to do with the way you were talking. Why do all news stations sound the fucking same? Like, their inflection. I think it's about trying to make things easier to be heard mm-hmm. and easier to and clarified uh i think it's about making things like because like look for this podcast normally i have to talk more clearly right because i am just like a straight up mumbler and like my i like i have a thick new england accent it's bad yeah <laughs> i i i realize that so i i talk I, I make sure on this podcast I speak more clearly than normally I would. Uh, just because, like, my normal talking voice is very slurred. I basically sound like I'm drunk all the time. It's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, a real problem in my life. Um, but I I think that to make it even clearer, like, talking like this makes it even clearer for people to understand. Like, it's just, like, that inflection and yeah, how yeah. you talk makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So that's my suspicion. I'm not a professional. I'm just good at faking the voice. Right. No, I was just, I was thinking about that today because the fucking, I was listening, I had, the, like, the news in the background at work. I was just like, look at everybody has that same inflection when, like, they're announcing something. Yeah, that's my, uh, that's like, my announcer voice. Yeah. I don't do it often because it's fucking obnoxious. In 2066, the resource wars shift to the other side of the globe. China, their oil reserves exhausted, and their economy nearly collapse, uh, invades Alaska. American, America strong arms can, uh, Canada into allowing troops and planes to move across Canadian territory on their way to the Alaskan theater. Relations between the neighboring countries would continue to worsen as the Americans help themselves to Canadian resources. Ignoring Canadian protests. Wow, it's almost like we're assholes. Wow. Who would have guessed? Many Americans being, uh, begin referring to Canada as Little America. Uh, their comments do not help the situation, however. Apparently, Canadians don't like this. Note to self, don't ever call Canadians Little America. I have been calling Canada the 51st state for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no no offense to our Canadian listeners, please keep listening, but I found out how to piss off a Canadian listener, just saying. <laughs> we will take any chance we can to piss somebody off. In 2072, the, uh, the Sino-American War grinds on. Uh, while American power armor proves effective in localized conflicts, it fails to completely dislodge Chinese forces. The U.S. continues to demand more resources from Canada. When an attempt is made to sabotage the oil pipeline, the Americans officially begin to annex Canada. In 2076, the annexation is complete. Also that year, Americans deploy the T-51B power armor to the Chinese mainland. The, the suits are highly effective, and American troops cut a swath through Chinese territory. Those, the two, T-51 is like, when you think fallout power armor, that's fallout power armor. Yeah. The staple, if you will. In early 2077, the Americans reclaim Alaska, but no armistice is signed. Uh, Those those in positions to foresee the nuclear 
conflagration. Conflagration. The fuck? It means um, burning to the ground. <laughs> oh. It is like... Like, burnt to nothing. Burnt to the crisp. Yeah. Um, so those in positions... Those in positions to foresee the nuclear conflagration make final uh, preparations. Robert House puts himself in stasis. Uh, the president and the uh, enclave retreat to the Poseidon oil rig. The American public, having seen, having been exposed to many false alarms, largely ignore the warning sirens when the bombs begin to, fu- uh, to fall. Uh, many vaults are unpopulated as their doors are shut closed. Yeah, like, that's something you can notice in Fallout 4. If you, uh, after you wake up in the vault in Fallout 4 and look around, there's an entire section that has stasis pods that are empty. People just didn't show up. Yeah, I remember that. Like, and it's not that they didn't make it in time, although the Fallout one was pretty, cutting it pretty short, or the Fallout 4 one, but the, they made it, they could have. They just didn't because they thought it wasn't real. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm going to get real weird real quick. Jim Jones did the same thing, which is by the, uh, G- the massacre that Jim Jones did to his cult, uh, was so effective because he had been making them literally drink the, drink the Kool-Aid tons of times before that, uh, just to get them used to the idea of killing themselves in revolutionary suicide. Also another fun fact, I'm obsessed with Jim Jones, uh, to a weird unhealthy level. Yeah, just a bit. Um, I have been for a while. Uh, if you get me going about Jim Jones, I will talk about it forever. Um, I'm not on any lists yet, but this might put me on one. Yeah. Mobilizing um, it might put you on one. Yeah, I, I don't condone what he did. I mean, I call it a massacre, not a mass suicide like some people do, because yeah. Jim Jones did that. That was because of Jones. Not because of a suicide. Cults are like that. In the early hours of October 23rd, 2077, the world, as everyone knew it, ended. Missiles and bombs rained from the sky, engulfing the world in flames in an event that would would become known as the Great War. Cities and nations fell, and humanity descended into a nuclear dark age. Many believed it was the end of human civilization. And it was. End of podcast. <laughs> the uh, end. See you next week. Uh, you thought we were talking about Fallout? Ha! We're just predicting the future. <laughs> Joke's on you. We ain't talking about video games. Um, the collapse of global civilization made it impossible to uh, ascertain the full extent of the damage brought uh, by the nuclear bombs. Uh, as viewed from orbit, there were clear signs of a global catastrophe. Fun fact, you can actually view the Earth from orbit in... Fallout 3, in the Mothership Zeta DLC, you get brought up into an alien spaceship, because that's when Fallout 3 completely lost its fucking mind. <laughs> um, in space. In space. And uh, you can see how fucked up the Earth really is. Yeah. It's all... I mean, I'm sure that that uh, that view, or like that scene was, was dope. Just it's all see. tan. Like, the whole Earth is just tan. Yeah. And there's very few oceans left. Like, it's just tan. When it when went for its summer tan. Yeah, and then it just stayed because we're just in a nuclear summer and fall out. Yeah. Um, so much of the oceans were tinted green by radiation. The Great War's uh, enduring legacy was that 
was the radiation that spread uh, in its wake. Many of the plants and animals that survived the nuclear fire were, were killed by the irradiated rain that fell a week later. Of those that survived, many were mutated by 2080. Heck yeah. And then you get the monsters. Uh, the American mainland was reduced to wasteland. Most uh, major American cities, with a few exceptions, such as Pittsburgh, or The Pit, and Las Vegas, or New Vegas, were raised by the bombs. Uh, even the surviving cities were reduced to hellish ruin as society rapidly degenerated. Uh, like, The Pit. <laughs> it's giant. Pittsburgh, in Fallout 3, you go to Pittsburgh at one point, Yep, it was turned into a giant slave camp. The entire state. Good. Um, or the entire city is a giant slave camp. And it's one of, I, th I think it's the my favorite DLC in Fallout 3. Um, but Fallout 3's DLCs sucked, so. Although the vaults were never intended to preserve the entire American population, enough of their residents and technology survived for them to jumpstart civilization when they opened. Uh, New California benefited the most from these early openings. In the year 2083, Vault 12 established Necropolis in uh, Bakersfield. Eight years later, Vault 8 established Vault City in western Nevada. And the following year, the L.A. Vault established the Boneyard in Los Angeles. Fifty years later, in 2142, the, f uh, the former residents of Vault 15 established Shady Sands northwest of Necropolis. And like I said, Necropolis was entirely made up of ghouls. So you go into a place called Necropolis and everyone's skin is rotting off and looks like zombies. Yeah. Oh, good. I get to talk about the Mojave. The Mojave Wasteland was another incubator of civilization. This was due in no small part to Robert House's preparations. His secret missile defense systems ensured that Las Vegas and the surrounding desert were hit by fewer bombs than anywhere else in the region. And as time passed, the city was rebuilt through the combined efforts of House the local tribals, and the residents of Vault 21. Its infrastructure was so far advanced that by 2281, it was, according to House, within a century of being able to launch a colonization spaceship. Robert House is a fucking hero. If you go into Fallout New Vegas and you think Robert House is the bad guy just because he's rich and white, you're wrong. He was a fucking hero. This is, I... Don't I, stereotype. I stand by this like I stand by the doll. <laughs> like, the doll in Bloodborne is good. I don't care what you say. Good entity. Lovely soul. Would never hurt anyone. Robert House is not a bad guy. He's an asshole, but he's not a bad guy. Yeah. So, in the East, the Capital Wasteland was also left surprisingly intact. Although unable to, com to compete with the more advanced societies of the West, it was uh, nonetheless able to support a local radio station, caravan routes, and a large-scale water purification plant. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts and Boston were left relatively unharmed, being struck by only a single high-yield nuclear weapon in an area that came to be known as the Glowing Sea. Like the Capital Wasteland, it too supported caravan infrastructure, regional radio broadcasts, and other such amenities. I think it's the most... disappointing... I don't know how to phrase it. It's like... Like, I really wanted to, to like, Fallout 4 because it was, like, set in Mass. It was right near us. Right. I don't know. but We're like, like Little Massachusetts. It's yeah. right there. We're basically Massachusetts. We're basically from Boston. <laughs> no, we're not. I know, we're not. Fucking like, Bostonites are crazy. Fucking just that. I always see that, like, that thing where it's just like, where are you from? And just like, 
Oh, I'm from Warwick. It's like, where's that? Oh, it's near Providence. Where's, where's Providence? Rhode Island. Rhode Island? Uh, yeah, I'm from Mass. I'm basically from Boston. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> nobody fucking... Because no one knows. I, when I was in Ireland, they'd be, ask where you're from, and I'd be like, America, what part? The Northeast. What part of the Northeast? Rhode Island. Where's that? It's near Boston. Oh, I know where that is. <laughs> yeah, I know you know where that is. Oh, my God. There's tons of O'Malley's in Boston. Trust me. Yeah. We got enough of those. Um, but, yeah, I think that was the... That's, like, I really wanted to like it because I wanted to, like, explore the area in, like, the Fallout. But I don't know. I just didn't... I mean, I... Fallout's weird like that. Like, the one that probably is the best for that is New Vegas because, uh, like, they have landmarks that are different than Boston's. Like, in Boston, you're walking around and you're like, oh, cool, so this entire town is just in Fenway. That's pretty fucking neat. Yeah. And then, like, you keep walking and then you find, like, a brewery. And I'm like, is this supposed to be the Sam Adams brewery? I can't tell because you're selling something that sounds like Guinness. Yeah. Like, and that's Irish, obviously. So are you supposed to be the Sam Adams brewery? And then you walk, like, 20 minutes to the north and suddenly you're at, like, the witch house. And I'm like, wait a minute. Salem isn't this close. Is this supposed to be in Salem? Yeah. Like, I get you wanted to put a witch house in here, but, like, you're making this look like Salem. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's what they were going for. I'm sure it was what they were going for, too. And I'm like, Salem and Boston, while closer than, like, Providence and Boston, are not that close. They're yeah. worlds away. Yeah. Like. But, yeah. Like, having gone to school, like, right next to Salem, where, like, regularly I would go into Salem because it was two towns over. Mm -hmm. Like, I would. Going going into Salem and going into Boston were two very different things. Oh yeah. So. So, um, as these regions rose from the ashes, so did new societies. Uh, the New California uh, Republic was established in 2186 and would control all of New California essentially later. The NCR. I want an NCR flag. Have you ever seen the California state flag with a bear? Yeah. The NCR flag is the California state is the California state flag with two heads on the bear. I want it so bad. Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's the NCR flag. Uh, the Brotherhood of Steel was founded days after the Great War and would become a technological powerhouse by 2150. And we're we're going to do an episode on the Brotherhood of Steel. Oh, yeah. Uh, both the Brotherhood you see in Fallout 3, which is like this overarching good guy. Uh, and the Brotherhood, that's a lot more common in this Fallout franchise, which was a lot, which was back again in Fallout Four, and everyone freaked out. Where they're basically xenophobic, hyper racists, like because they believe they're pure, whatever, uh, and that technology will, like they hoard technology for themselves and don't share it with anyone, yeah, because they want to understand it and be the only ones who understand it. Brotherhood of Steel are assholes, but I actually like the Brotherhood of Steel, even though they're assholes. Uh, just because they, they walk around in cool power armor, and yeah, they their got, name is the fucking Brotherhood of Steel. They got cool shit. Yeah. And then, I, I'm gonna go hang with those guys. Like, what a badass fucking name. Oh, it really is, though. Like, the Brotherhood of Steel. I've always been a fan. Yeah, no, I, I was... I almost got a Brotherhood of Steel tattoo. <laughs> um, the Enclave, descendants of 
the United States government and military-industrial complex made its presence felt in New California in 2237, and then in the Capital Wasteland in 2277. These guys are assholes. I mean, yeah, they came from the government. They came from politicians. They, the Enclave believe they still have a right to rule the land. Good. <laughs> we, what's left of it, this is ours. Okay, you see that? Yeah, we're we're in charge, and everyone's like, I don't think so. You see that glowing mango? That's mine. And then, like, they come down in, like, giant, like, fighter ships, and they're like, no, 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 we're still in charge. And the Brotherhood of Steel shows up with Liberty Prime, who says that communism is not an option, and then blows their fucking brains out. (laughs) Fuck yeah. America. Dude, it, it's Liberty Prime was like this weird, like back during the well, the Sino-American Wars, they made giant, like iron giant robots Good. called Liberty Prime. And in Fallout 3, you rebuild the Liberty Prime. And uh, it basically just stomps around killing everything with laser eyes and ranting about how communism is awful. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's so great. <laughs> Um, the Rome-obsessed slavers uh, of Caesar's legion. Please, please, please. They call it Caesar. <laughs> Did they really? Uh, it's the proper way to pronounce it. Um, the fun fact, fun fact for the history nerds. Um, Rome, Latin, yes. doesn't do soft seas. Oh. So the proper way to pronounce Caesar is Caesar. Um, but the inhabitants of the wasteland still call it Caesar's Legion, but the actual Legion calls it Caesar's Legion. Ah, uh. oh, hell, Caesar! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, hell, Caesar! Yeah, so um, that's why I said that. Gotcha. So the Caesar's Legion <laughs> arose in twenty two forty seven, forged from the conquest of eighty seven tribes, and would control most, if not all, of. Arizona and New Mexico, along with some holdings in eastern Utah and parts of southern Colorado. And he never would have done that if he hadn't gotten rid of Joshua Graham, who was putting a hole in his plans. Joshua Graham was going to take down the entire legion from the inside. The burned man still lives. While very little is known of the world beyond the former United States, things seem to be significantly worse in Great Britain and Ireland than in North America, as inhabitants of the Isles often emigrate to the American wastelands in search of fortune, opportunity, and a better life. And that is the world of Fallout. Yes. What happened before and after in a broad swath. Yes. Um, we are definitely, there's a lot to tackle in Fallout. A lot yeah. of, there's an, got a lot of shit to it. individual games and individual factions within those games. Like I could do an entire episode on Robert House. Like I, cause House is fucking fascinating. Like there's a lot to tackle, but we needed to kind of set the baseline like the basis for what we're going to tackle. We like to do that. Usually. Yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. I think it'd be weirder to like get super specific and then go broad after. Uh, I think the only, usually we don't even do that. I think the only thing we did do that in was the Witcher. Cause you have to be super specific in the world of the Witcher. Yeah. We should do Witcher again. Yeah, we really should. Um, yeah, but, uh, so yeah, that's what we got for fallout, huh? Yeah. Falls out. It's fucking interesting and maybe a little scary. No, yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> I definitely liked 
the like the concept and all the the cool shit it does with that concept. I don't know. I just like like I said, I probably played the games at, like the wrong time. You probably did what exactly what I've done with the games that I've been playing, where like you played them and it just wasn't a good time to play those games. So like you're like, eh, nah. Yeah. Uh. So I don't know. Maybe I still own it. Uh, you should. You should. So. You should give it another try again if you. Want to ever get into PC gaming? Fallout New Vegas is still on Steam. It's cheap as fuck. And the mods for it are great. Uh, at one point, I was in a TARDIS. And um, it's it's really... Uh, you could get graphics mods and stuff to kind of update the graphics so that it looks better. And it really still plays great. Yeah. I played it as recently as, like, 2015. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's... What we're going to talk about for Fallout for now. Obviously, yeah. we'll revisit it. Yeah, we definitely will. Uh, like we like to end every episode, uh, Nick, what have you been playing? I have been playing uh, one thing the past week, uh, and I actually started it and finished it, and that is a indie game known as The Sexy Brutale. I see why you picked it up. <laughs> um, tell me about it. So the reason why I picked it up was because it was on... Uh, Jim Sterling's top games of 2017. So if it's on his top games list, I was interested in it. So basically, it's uh, like a like a puzzle mystery game um, that takes place in a mansion, and the mansion's having like a giant masquerade party. So everybody's wearing masks, and um, basically, all the guests are getting murdered by the staff members, and you have to prevent them from getting murdered. So you, it's not trying to figure out who murdered them it's trying to figure out how to prevent them from being oh murdered. interesting so like you can't be you can't be in the same room as anybody um but you can if you go up to a door you can look through it um and listen like to what's happening and look around the room um and then you rewind like there's a it's an entire day like a 12 hour cycle um and you can rewind time to start the day over to like keep trying different things and as you save people, they like you get their, like you you pick up their mask and you gain an ability. Um, so hmm. like there's like one early on that she's really good at like listening, like hearing people. So you can pick that up, and then if you hold the button, you can hear people whispering and like. So before it would just come up as dots. If you hold the button, you can actually read the dialogue and like there's like a part where you have to like listen to somebody opening a safe and like you pick up the code with that power. And, like, you keep advancing, and the stuff becomes a little bit more complicated uh, and stuff like that as you as you figure out the overarching thing of, like, why the staff is killing all these guests and stuff like that. It was really cool. I really enjoyed That sounds really interesting. It. The music was really dope. Uh, it's very, like, jazzy and stuff like that. I fuck with that. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good—it wasn't long. Like I said, I beat it in, like, a week. Um, but, like, as a, it was a cool puzzle game. I got I really wanted to play this on my Switch because it I it fits perfectly. I just fucking indie games are at home on the Switch. But I really wanted Did to you? play I really wanted to play on my Switch, but I've heard nothing but bad things about the performance of the Switch port. Oh, uh, the port didn't do well. Um and I know that they tried to patch it and it didn't work, so then they like patched it to take away that patch and then they patched it to the, like hopefully fix it, but I couldn't find it was like recent that they just had that last patch, and I couldn't find any, like, if it's actually working yet. Um, but it was 5 bucks on PlayStation, so I was like... Oh, not bad. 5 bucks on PlayStation, 20 bucks on, for something that might not 
perform well. I'm yeah, going to go with the five bucks, but whatever you can pick it up on, I highly recommend it. It was a great, it was a great game. With uh, the Switch's open platform, a lot of games are being put on the Switch, which is great. Which is fantastic. I'm so glad that a lot of third-party game developers can make games for the Switch, but not every game translates to the Switch properly. Right. Uh, which is like a hard time for a lot of indie developers. Right. Still uh, waiting for Hollow Knight. Yeah, that's just how it works. Like, it's just, they are allowed to do it, but the software and the hardware makes it a little bit hard. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I hope that uh, it, it cleans, cleans up, because I use my Switch more than anything now. Um, so, I have to make a public apology. <laughs> Years ago, uh, I've known Nick for a while now. Uh, probably what? Five years at least. Yeah. So I've known you for a bit now. Uh, and years ago, a game came out for the Wii U called Splatoon. And I ruthlessly made fun of Nick about his pretty kids game. Yep. I picked up Splatoon, uh, and release. I was all for it. I was like, Nintendo, I'm in. What do you got? Uh, I picked it up. It was great. I told all my friends that had a Wii U to pick it up and play with me, and no one did. So, I'm in a bit of a game rut right now, or I have been, uh, where uh, I haven't wanted to play games. I haven't had a game that really captures me. It's it's not for a lack of having good games. I have good games to play. It's just I haven't had anything light my spark. So I picked up, on a whim, Splatoon 2, and it is the most fun I've had with a game in years. So, I would like to make a public apology. I already talked to him in private, <laughs> and I need to make a public apology. Nick, yeah. I'm sorry for trashing on you and your like for Splatoon. I understand why you like it now, and I was wrong. I accept. So, with that being said, Splatoon, do, Splatoon 2 is God's gift to us. And it is so fucking fun. I, I've heard that a lot of the stuff from Splatoon 2 carried over from Splatoon 1. Uh, and that's one of the bigger complaints. Uh, however, I never played Splatoon 1. So I think it's fucking awesome. No, yeah, it's fine for you. Um, but I'm having so much fun with it. Like, holy shit, am I having so much fun with it. Uh, I can't remember the last time I cared about a game like this. Uh, and I haven't touched the story... I, I did a couple missions in the story, uh, but I've mostly just been playing online, and it's so fun. The matches are the perfect length. I wouldn't yeah. want the matches to be any longer. They're like three minutes long. Yeah. They're really, really short. Yeah, they're really good. But like, I can get five matches in in the middle of something. Like before, Between when I came home and when I went down to eat, I got like three matches in. Yeah, it's perfect, like, like bite-sized Yeah, stuff. and uh, the, the guns are really fun, or I... I say guns, but I, I guess weapons is a better term because there's like a giant paint roller and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's so pretty. No, Visually really appealing to look at. Yeah. Um, it's very bright. The, the controls vibrant. are very, very good. Uh, the Even the connection. I'm playing Wi-Fi in my bedroom, which I really have, don't have the greatest Wi-Fi in my bedroom. It's pretty great. So I... Kudos to this game. I'm a huge fucking fan. And I'm going to be playing a fuckload of it. So, yeah. That's my public apology. Um, I haven't played anything else because I haven't wanted to. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great game. I, 
hearing Josh talk about it and how much I like the first one does make me want to play the second one. Um, but yeah, I know. I just I had a lot of fun with it. Like in all the different uh, when they added new modes, uh, I always thought they were fun. Which I'm pretty sure it's just all the modes that are in, in Splatoon two now. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Turf War. Yeah, they added like like the the tower defense one where like the the yeah. tower moves depending on who's standing on it. And I don't know if the Rainmaker one made it to two. It doesn't there was one where it was like I a, don't have every mode unlocked yet though. There so. was one where you carried around like an artifact. You got to get it from one side to the other. It's kind of like capture the flag, but like you could shoot with it. You could shoot ink with it, and it did like a tornado. Oh, that's cool. Um, but like I th- yeah, I don't know if you move slower with it or something like that. But that was fun. I think there was a couple other ones. You probably can't fucking turn into squid form in it. Uh, I think you could. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's good, quick, like fun, like you said, like the matches are quick. So it's, it's like, and it's just so satisfyingly fun. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm using a gun that looks like the Nintendo Zapper. Yeah, the, I always use that too. I was, I got the, they had the gray one, but I have like an orange and white one. Yeah. And I went, I guess I have my gun now. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's all I've been playing. Um, so normally now is the time where we talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Uh, we didn't actually have a session this week. Yes. We have, we took a week off so we could get our shit together for the next one. Uh, there's something I, I want to do, I do want to talk about, uh, and it is, uh, bro and Jess's, Jess's birthday present to bro. Yeah. I think that this will warm the hearts of our listeners. So we've talked before, uh, and I've personally yelled at uh, our friend Bro on the podcast, dear friend to both Nick and I, uh, and uh, he he's married uh, to his wonderful wife, Jess, who has to put up with all his bullshit all the time. I'm sure it's an exhausting job. Yes. Uh, so Jess has been working for six months. At this point, mm. uh, on getting him tickets to PAX, I was able to get the tickets and hide everything from him. He had no idea. Yeah. Uh, and decided to surprise him on Wednesday with them by giving him a wrapped penny, a wrapped mini arcade machine, and a wrapped mini or and a wrapped uh, expo marker. expo marker. Uh, and the video of him opening that up. Not understanding what it was because he's dumb, and then understanding what it was and freaking out, and then almost crying, um, is just heartwarming. It really was. It was adorable. Um, just put so much work into hiding this and getting everything just right. Uh, that and she deserves a commendation on that. Just. Uh, in the post said she couldn't have done it without Nick and I, but Jess, you you did most of the work. Yeah, I just bought your tickets. We just answered questions when you had them. So this this was all Jess. Uh, I know they both listened, so I just wanted to say, Jess, you did an incredible job on your husband's birthday, uh, and it was a wonderful video to see. If uh, any listeners uh, want us to, I'm sure neither of them would mind posting it on our Instagram if any of you are interested in seeing a strange bearded man you've never seen before cry. <laughs> um, 
but I, I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, I know both of them listen, and I thought that it was pretty incredible to uh, watch someone who's wanted to go to PAX for a while uh, find out that he is actually going. Yeah. Uh, it broke my heart, by the way. Um, At one point, Nick and I, Nick and I have talked about PAX a couple times. By the time you're listening to this, we've just finished PAX. Yeah. It'll be the week after PAX for us. Um, Yeah, it was great. But uh, I, <laughs> it was great. We've talked about it a couple times on the podcast, and one time Bro was here. And after the podcast, he goes, "Why didn't you invite me to PAX?" And which I can't say, Bro, you idiot! You're going to PAX. Yeah. So I just said because you weren't here, <laughs> like it just broke my heart because he was so bummed that he wasn't invited, and I just had to go. Cause you I weren't, know. I don't know. Cause you weren't around. <laughs> like I, I, obviously I would have invited him to PAX. Like, yeah, it's just, it was a rather great heartwarming experience to see, uh, someone get really excited for something and it, and it was video game related. And I know both of them are avid listeners and I would appreciate the shout out. So, uh, rather than Dungeons and Dragons, I thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, you can check us out on social media. We are on both Twitter and Instagram at Navi underscore Tales. Again, that is at Navi underscore Tales. Uh, send us pictures from PAX. I usually leave that as a joke where I say something crass or rude. <laughs> but I love seeing people's pictures of, of PAX. Like, I'm already seeing it because it started today. Yeah, PAX. We record these a week ahead of time. Uh, so it, this is uh, on Thursday of the week of PAX. So I've already seen pictures too, but I'm saying like if any of you guys have been to PAX and stuff, send us pictures. I, Nick and I would love to look through what you guys saw and did at PAX. Uh, we are going to be releasing an episode yes. on PAX. Um, I don't know if it's being released alongside this. Uh, if you don't listen to our extra episodes for whatever reason, uh, I'm sure our PAX one will be a blast because we're going to talk about what we did and did not see at PAX. Uh, and we're both really excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. So, yeah, that's that's something to look forward to for both of us. And uh, if you guys are interested in that as well. Uh, other than that, I think that's me. Yeah, that is about all, ladies and gents. All right. So this uh, concludes our broadcast evening. This concludes our broadcast of the Navi Tales podcast radio show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I love you. Bye. So, you know. <clears throat> dude, that fucking pepper fucked me up. Yeah, dude, you're a little bit of a mess. Like, I love them, that food, because, like... No, it was good. It was just... It was good. It was just, like... I didn't expect that much fucking pepper, man. Yeah, dude, that shit was peppery as shit. Mr. Pepper. Mr. Mr. Blue's Clues. Hey, what's the pepper called the Blue's Clues? <laughs> is it Mr. or Mrs.? Because it's just pepper. Or is it Mr.? I'm pretty sure is it's... the salt... Yeah, yeah I thought it was going to be that because we used to call someone Mr. Salt. So. These your Blue's Clues facts of the day. Dude, remember that time John Cena tried out for the new lead role on Blue's Clues? God, that just sounds perfect. I think it should be great. A thing. Did you hear that he actually got announced for Duke Nukem? Did he?
John fucking Cena is going to be playing Duke Nukem. That's perfect. It's you want to talk about perfect. Have you have you seen him in like acting roles? Yeah. Like I saw, I had the unfortunate experience of seeing the movie um, Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. It was not a good movie. Okay. But John Cena in Trainwreck had me in tears. He was so fucking funny. So I've come to the conclusion he's perfect for Duke Nukem, and I can't wait to have that in my life. He's also going to be, oh, he is in Knight Rider. Is he? They're making a Knight Rider movie with, like, Kit, the car. Yeah. He's playing the lead role in Knight Rider. Oh, my God, I'm in. <laughs> like, I didn't know John Cena was involved in these projects, and I'm going to go see them because John Cena is involved in these projects. Oh, he becomes, like, the next... Like Rock. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, The Rock was at the top of the WWE, stepped down to go into acting, and now he's the, at the top of the acting world. John Cena was at the top of the WWE and seems to be stepping down for the WWE to go into acting. God, I hope you're at the top of the acting world. God, I'm fucking in. Because, like, I want to... Because, like, I love The Rock, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I just want to see him in, like, bigger things. Like, I feel like he's doing, like the like, the comedies right now. And stuff like that. I mean, obviously, he's gonna—he's doing fucking Knight Rider, but like, I feel like most of the stuff he's been the in. The thing like, with Knight Rider is that they WWE actually bought the rights to that movie. So like, yeah, he. So it's Knight Rider with like, it's got like a big budget. Like, it's not yeah. like a cheap WWE budget movie. Yeah. It's a big budget film. It's got Kevin Hart in it as well, and he yeah. ain't—he's not cheap. No. But I mean, obviously, they're gonna put their top actor, that isn't The Rock, in. Uh, a position of like a main role. The main role. <clears throat> yeah. But um with Duke Nukem, that isn't WWE. So I really hope they nail this movie in like a Deadpool fashion. You can make it self-aware without it being shitty. Right. And like Deadpool did that very well and kind of set a precedent for future movies. Mm-hmm. And most movies fail for that because they don't get what made Deadpool funny. Yeah. They go, it was rated R and he He said swore. he said dick words and talked at the audience. We need more of that. But like I don't want that. I want like smart humor, which is why Ryan Reynolds well, I wouldn't say Deadpool's smart humor, but Ryan Reynolds kind of fit that humor well. Yeah. Which is why I think John Cena will fit the role of Duke Nukem well. Oh yeah, I think he will. I think that's perfect. Give me that. Give me it. Put it in my, put it in my eyeballs. Yeah, just want, just want to snort it, <clears throat> snort it through my eye sockets, dude. I swear to God, that's if, how you watch movies. If this movie's good, I'm gonna take my Duke Nukem bust out of captivity. I'm gonna put it right in that fucking case. Do it. <clears throat> I don't know why it's not there already. <laughs> it's in captivity. Okay. it's an endangered species, dude. That that's a fucking collectible item right I'm there. I'm sure it is. Because no one fucking bought it. Pretty penny. Anyways, <clears throat> relations with uh, with Canada. It's fine. I wasn't using that. Relations with Canada. <laughs> hey, at least you said it right that time. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You're fucking making noises over there. Relations with Canada it, grow in what? Nothing. What? Nothing. Fuck you. What? <laughs> nothing. What do you want from me? Nothing. I fucked up. Nothing. Never gonna get through this fucking line. In 2060, the no, I'm in. Okay. What? 
You can read that one. I don't know. You, I paused to see if there was. I paused. I was just kind of thinking. There was a. There was. You want to say anything? I, was if I should bit, go. It was I was a little short. I, was, I don't know. I was a little bit lost in thought. I gotta be honest. I was thinking you about. Want to share with the class? Yeah, okay. I was thinking about how I made my coworker shit himself oh earlier today. <laughs> I mean. Dude, the look on your face just now is just a look of exhaustion. That's how I feel. Do I make you tired? I, I am tired beca- both because I've been up since six this morning and because you you caused me Dude, you texted me heartburn. so fucking early today. I had a question. You No, no, no. I, there was nothing wrong with it. I was awake. I was at work. Like I, So was I. <laughs> so I just no one texts me that fucking early. But yeah, you just caused me... We'll talk about it Things. later. <laughs> Things. We'll I mean, talk about the stress I put in your life later. Yeah. So are we adding the Alaskan pipeline? No? Um, we going? We good? Do you want me to read it? Bueller. <laughs> what? Oh, she was fucking giggling. What are you laughing at? Just the fucking look of... Just... Nick's face just staring you down. <clears throat> just... That look close, but more disgusted. I think my my face is just permanently morphing into that position, and one day I will be stuck like that. The the and face. somebody will go, "What's wrong with that boy over there?" And someone's <laughs> gonna respond, "He had a friend." <laughs> oh, I'm not the only one who makes you make that face. We both know. Brandy does the exact same thing, and that's why I love Brandy so much. You're not wrong. I think, she, I think she asked me the other day who's worse, and I was like, honestly, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's, I feel so bad for you when Brandy and I are together. Oh. I honestly do. Like, this weekend, like Saturday, you're screwed. And I have bro. Yeah, because I was going to say, you got Brandy and I who, like, just make your life harder by existing. Mm. And then bro who is going to be like a child there. Oh, yeah. I basically have to. You're going to hang out with Eeyore and Jess the entire time. I basically have to babysit. Someone's going to have to babysit. Jess. Jess is going to have to babysit. Like when you bring your child to like things because you want to go, but you need to, but you have a child. Right. So you bring your child with you. Basically what that's good. That's going to be Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. We're gonna, we're gonna adopt bro for the day. Uh, I can't wait to just make everyone stressed by talking about my depression with random people like last year. Okay. <laughs> that, that tweet from Brandy had me rolling. Yeah. <clears throat> Fucking funny. In 2066, the resource wars. Should shift- we do. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, you were right. God, I wrote a lot for this. My fucking god. Were you planning on doing anything later? What? I said, were you planning on doing anything later? Because this is all we're going to be doing because we're going to keep interrupting each other. Right, and it's long. Schlong. Yo, daddy. What an attempt to make, uh, fuck. Similarly, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and Boston were left, uh, relatively unharmed, being struck by only a single high-yield nuclear weapon in an, in an area that became... Fuck! Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... Uh, my, my sister had to do... Uh, 
Like something like they they her one of her classes had like a survey thing, where like you like probably like on the computer or something you like enter answers for like a survey and it was like for a class assignment and she kept snap she snapped she added snaps to her story and it was like one person kept answering every question with your mom and I was fucking dying <laughs> because it's like a fucking college level class like course assignment. And every answer was like, your mom. I did your mom. I was in your mom. And I was like, this guy's the, this guy's the greatest. Shout out to you. <laughs>